Hey everyone, welcome to the Hollywood Caucus episode two. Hi Tara. Hi Tony. <laughs> I, th- I have a feeling you need a, l- a little coffee this morning. Oh, I do. I need a lot of coffee. Okay, well. But being here with you is just uplifting, <laughs> like a fine bra. <gasps> wow, I've yeah. never been, been described that way before. Well, uh, jockstrap, yes. A bra, not so much. Hmm. Um, we have a great guest today, Zuri Adele from Good Trouble. And we're excited to get to know her a little bit more. I know her quite a bit, but our audience doesn't. Well, I don't. Exactly. You're going to get to know her soon. She's a remarkable young woman. Uh, I I just want to throw a little question for you. Yeah. Joe Rogan, you know, he just endorsed Bernie Sanders. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, I don't know, pissed off people on the Internet. And again, I don't know very much about Joe Rogan, which um, I'm assuming he is. I mean, he's a podcaster. Is he a conservative? I, I, I don't think Joe Rogan would consider him. Well, he might, but he considers himself a libertarian. Right. Um, I'm shocked that you don't know him. I actually am because he he does tend to... He's made a few missteps, I think. Okay. Which is... Uh, well, the trans thing. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's gone off on the trans issue in, in, in particular from what I've gleaned on uh, the athletics of it. You know, someone transitions, mm-hmm. they shouldn't play in the gender that they are now. Uh, which, to me, is really bullshit. Unless he's got a medical degree on, or of any kind, how, what does he really know about what being transgender really is? You know? He doesn't. And he right. also has a tendency to uh, invite people on his show that are alt-right. Oh. Yeah. So well, we should have him on our show. Because I would love to have. Him I would on love our to show. talk to Joe about all these things that are coming up right now, and you know, these things always happen. Like we're days away from the Iowa caucus, and they they always throw s- stuff at people, you know, and at the candidates. And I don't know that the question for me is, does a candidate have to take responsibility because someone who is not a hundred percent aligned mm-hmm. to their beliefs supporting them? Is that fair? Because it happens every every time there's a it candidate. does happen, uh, and again, I that's a really good question because I don't know that if I were running that I wouldn't take Joe Rogan's right. You know, because I, he's popular. He's popular, right. and I think it's about you know it would be silly for us to say that it's not about winning. Yeah. It is about winning. It, so I want to win. You you are a winner mm. in my mind, but no, I do believe that. Yeah, it gets on. It's it's a it reminds, very fine line. It reminds me of when Hillary was running that day that uh, she walked out of Nancy Reagan's funeral and, right. and praised Nancy Reagan's work on behalf of AIDS. Oh God! And I just thought, oh my God, do you have have you no gay friends? I'm Hillary Clinton. I'm sure you do. That Reagan was like Satan to my community during right. that period, and right. Nancy was not. She was pretty close to that, in my opinion. So she was Mrs. Satan, she, and she took it back. But um, you know. These things happen in politics. People get stuff. Obama had the Jeremiah Wright thing. And, you know, it was like, well, you know, I don't know that a candidate has to explain their supporters' political views unless they're super extreme. Yeah, I don't think Bernie's people would have done that if it was super extreme. Right. Um, so, and But Joe, come on our show. I want to talk Joe, to you. Please, please come. Please. I, I would love to talk to you about Bernie. Or why you like Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see in him? I, I, I would love to know that, too. Um, Okay, well, in a minute, we're going to dive in with a wonderful young woman named Zuri Adele uh, from Good Trouble. So we'll be right back with Zuri. 
Hi, welcome back. I'm very excited. Our our guest is Zuri Adele. Look how happy she is to be here. Uh, you all <laughs> so can't happy. you all can't see it, but the joy is just oozing out of her. Um, we are so happy to have you here, and we are. I think Jonathan and I are both huge fans of the show, which is Freeform's Good Trouble. And let's talk about you. Okay, let's do it. Are you nervous? A little bit nervous okay. because I'm really excited and I care. Um, <laughs> it's a good vibe. We love you. Uh, okay, so tell us about tell us about getting the show. Oh my goodness! So. I'll backtrack to like moving to LA in 2013 to come out here and um, get my Master of Fine Arts in acting at, at UCLA. UCLA. And doing that training and like doing all the, you know, being in that classical theater world. I, and having seen 12 Years a Slave, I think in 2015 or mm-hmm. something when it came out, um, Lupita Nyongo had like just gotten her MFA and, er, and then she went on to do 12 Years a Slave. She got the Oscar. And it was just like all these things were happening so quickly. And I really had in my mind that like that was going to be my journey. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know, so I graduated from being and, and like after undergrad and grad school, kind of being like the star of the shows and just feeling really um, on my high horse about like being trained and 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 being like this powerful actress and then sort of coming into the industry of Hollywood and being a freshman in that world mm-hmm. was such a journey and such a necessary um switch for my ego that like makes this whole story so worth it too um because when it hit with good trouble it really really hit um, because yeah, I, I had to really adjust from like doing all this big stage stuff to just going in and like being present and telling a story. So it became really hard to even like get a call back for like guest star spots mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or, or sometimes hard to like keep going and keep right. taking, like wanting to take classes after being in debt from school right. and, um, and then when this, when Good Trouble came about, it was time. It was like the time when I finally was like, okay, plan A again. Um, we're here to tell stories and, you know, no more, no more backup plans. And we're feeling like, woe is me. And like at the time that I switched my mindset, I remember I'd started challenge, I challenged myself to 40 days and 40 nights of meditation. Mm. And this was like three years after graduating from grad school and just being on that journey and just feeling like, it's time to switch something up spiritually, and like that was when the audition for Good Trouble came in. So were you were you feeling disappointed by the end? Because because your story it makes total sense to me as yeah. watching you mm-hmm. because you're a star, right? You have you. your qualities don't fit a day guest star player. They just don't. Mm-hmm. You're special. I mean, that's obvious to anyone that sees your work. Honestly, that's true. And so why would you fit a cookie cutter, right? And so but but. How hard is it to go, I went up for a fucking one-line role and didn't get it. I yeah. must fucking suck because that's happened yeah. to me as well. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. And then you land this bitch and great job. I mean, this like, role is tailor-made for yeah. you. Tailor-made. They, they didn't know you when you, you were they were writing it. Right. So what was your headspace going into that? Okay. Test, well, that kind of, that you know? kind of leads yeah. into something I want to say. So 
you do the first audition, you do the callback. Yeah. What was the next one? Was the next one? The next one? one was a producer session. Okay. And then there was the test. Okay. So at what point were you like, okay, this is getting <laughs> this is getting real now? I think I think it was the producer session. No, you know what? It was it was honestly that callback. So I had that first audition, which, like, wasn't even filmed, but was just, like, a good vibe with a casting director. And she had, like, a, her puppy in her lap and hmm. was giving me notes. And we just had a good time. <laughs> and um, and then the callback, you know, there were a couple of the producers were in the room. And there were so many different-looking women in the waiting room reading for the role of Malika that was pretty new for me. Usually there's, like, sort of one type. Mm -hmm. But it was like, oh, Malika's voice could come out of any of us, just different body types, hairstyles, skin tones, you know, all black women, which I love that they were, like, diversifying what a black woman, you know, in our generation sounds like and looks like. And I went in and did the callback, and I left, and then Joanna Johnson came out of the room and, like, pulled me back in to come do it again. And I was walking to my car. Like, I was outside calling my manager. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like it went well, but I don't know. I never know, you know. But I was excited to have had a callback. Mm -hmm. um, and then when, like, she, like, had run outside. And she's the showrunner, right? Me. She's, she's the showrunner, yeah. which I didn't – I honestly – didn't know at the time. I just knew like there was this group of the three producers, mm -hmm. but I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know who was. Well, they was don't have part. name tags on, which they I don't. Think they should. They should. I actually like that they didn't, because I was just like in the story. Yeah, right. I get you know, it. That's there true. was a lot to think about yeah. for me in that room. Um, but when she pulled me back in, and Joanna, like she's so honest, and she was like. We just think that you're like really perfect for this part. Can you just come in and do it a completely different way? Wow. The same scene. And I was like, okay, sure. And I go back in the room and I was like, okay, this might be something. Yeah. <laughs> and then also balancing that with like always feeling like something could be something and then it changing. Mm -hmm. So like trying not to get my hopes up too much. Which is impossible. Yeah. Right? I mean, we all. Kid ourselves. Especially when the showrunner comes out and pulls yeah. you back in the ring. And you're says, like, I think you, you're, moment, you could be this part. Yeah. Yeah. But that moment was like, okay, we might be onto something mm -hmm. here. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. And then the, the actual work pays off in such a great way because yeah. they, they've written such great stuff for you. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I think you're the breakout star of that show. Thank for, you. For me, for my money. Thank you. You just pop. Um, have, for ha my money, too, by the way. Yeah, she, we're, bo we're both fans. So at this point, the bulk of your work had been class and theater. You hadn't done a ton of camera. No. Certainly not a role like this where you right. had to do all these scenes. Right. So what was that like with a group of people that had done another show together? Yeah. Like, what Like headspace again. Like were you psyching yourself out? Were you like, oh, my God, this is going to be awful? Or... Well, actually, it was pretty amazing because I was so focused on like the pilot season of it all and like thinking about pilots and like not booking a pilot. And then this ended up being a series that was already sold. Amazing. And had its own following. Every actor listening like, hates you right now. So much. Listen, honey, I paid my dues. I paid my dues, okay? I was on food stands for like the first episode still. So 
y'all good. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's as much as you want. That is yeah. a, that is astonishing. I've, yeah. My family was on food stamps when uh, we came to America as well. Yeah. And I always tell people that like shit on food stamps. It's like oh, no. I was a great investment, y'all. Yeah. Like I was no. like that was good food stamping. Yeah. And I and ditto for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Like until I got my my first check. Yeah. You know, I was like you got to eat. Yeah. That's gonna be your spinoff. Good food stamp. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the best thing about it was like it was such a well-oiled machine because so many people on the crew and a couple people on the cast had been working together for so long that I'm sure they like worked some kinks out in in totally. the first show and they were so welcoming. They were so excited to be there. I think with a new script, but they were in. They were also excited to be working with people they knew. So it was like welcome to the family. Love it. You know, it was cool. So you guys became a unit real quickly. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that Maya and Sierra really set the tone for that. Um, they play Mariana and Callie on Good Trouble and, of course, on The Fosters. And we spin off into their lives from The Fosters. And they really are such sisters, you know, in mm-hmm. real life. Their friendship is, like, so strong. And their sisterhood, like, set the tone for us to be such a, you know, such a family. Well, this is all amazing, and when we come back from our break, we are going to talk about how you became this fabulous human being. Oh, so, my goodness. Like your life, you know? Oh. Just like life things. We're so, going to spill a little tea. We're going to spill a lot of tea okay, if you're open it. to it. I'm mean, going to get some napkins because yeah. I don't want too much tea. Oh, that's not what you you're were saying. You're so not cool, Tara. <laughs> oh, shut up. Tara, get, you need to watch some RuPaul Drag Race and learn about tea <laughs> spilling. Coming up, Zuri Adel talks to us about identifying as bi plus and meeting Oprah. That's going to be good. And we're back with the fabulous Zuri Adel. We're back. Yay. I want to talk to you a little bit about growing up because I, I was reading some stuff. You know, I know you personally, which is amazing. But. It's amazing to like know, have a friend, and then like you do some digging on their interviews. And yeah. You're like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, your upbringing yeah. sounds like your parents just sound phenomenal. Oh, like, when they you are. talk about sort of talk, your mom talking about, oh, do you, you have a crush on someone? Is it a boy, a girl? Oh, yeah. Or, like, yeah, whole, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you identify as bi. Is yeah, bi, yeah. Bi plus. Bi plus. Is I feel that, like. What's a plus? Well, so like, I like just. A, is that like a bi streaming service? <laughs> <laughs> like Disney plus. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you can get this and all these yes. other things. I mean, the the vocabulary continues to change. change. What I know is that I have, like, the uh, – I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to have connections uh, romantically with people of all genders. Amazing. And, and the plus would be, like – the non- plus is just non-conforming like, people, whatever. Yeah. So whether it's bi, bi plus, pan, mm-hmm. those seem to really intersect mm-hmm. to me. Um, so now I'm just like, that's the definition, and mm-hmm. wherever it falls for for you is where it is. Right. Yeah. I love it. So, but your parents were really instrumental in you owning who you were. Yeah, especially my mother. Um, my mom, when, you know, when I would come home, she would, and and talk about, like, maybe somebody I had a crush on or even just, like, somebody new at school. She would ask, you know, are they tall? Are they short? Do they have, like, curly hair, straight hair, blonde hair? And, like, she would throw in, are they a boy? Are they a girl? Um, in the middle. And especially if it was, like, somebody I would have a crush on. Mm-hmm. And so I never thought, I, I, like, grew up knowing that, like, the gender wasn't 
wasn't assumed and wasn't um, like a deal breaker. Mm. Oh, and good yeah, oh, and like, I didn't even notice that until amazing. years later. Amazing. Mm-hmm. To like set the groundwork for it all to be normal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, she also like wouldn't ask about race. So, which is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, all that would be, yeah. yeah. So, you go from that upbringing and then you go to a historical black college. Yeah. In Atlanta, right? Yeah. So, that was an adjustment living tell, in tell Georgia. Me, so, what was that like? You're by, you're an artist, yeah. and you're in a, a conservative environment. Yeah. Right? I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I don't think I, I didn't quite identify as bi. I didn't put a, a label on my sexuality when I was in college. I definitely knew since I was very young that I was attracted to women. Um, but I didn't, and I didn't identify as straight necessarily, but mm-hmm. like, I wasn't like, I'm bi, I'm here in Georgia. I'm there, you know, like right. it wasn't all that. But um, to answer your question, being in Georgia was definitely an adjustment after growing up in like the Bay Area, you know, near San Francisco and like and in in Brooklyn, I spent half my life with my dad in Brooklyn. Oh, um, wow. And so just like very sort of eclectic and inclusive spaces um, and very like integrated spaces. And Georgia is what was really important for me when living in Atlanta was I was seeing so many black women in positions of power in all different fields in a way that I didn't quite see in like Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And in Atlanta, I was able to see myself as like, oh, I could be a doctor, I could be a lawyer, I could be all these different things. And then just being at a historically black college, that was my my first time um, because I went to a primarily white and Asian school. It was my first time not being a minority. Yeah. And that was just like the most freeing experience. I mean, I was just able to be... The theater girl, you yeah. know, and my roommate was studying Japanese. My other roommate was, you know, studying robotics. Another one was, you know, studying law. Another one studying psychology. So it's like we and we're all black women. We're all women of acknowledged African descent. And mm-hmm. we never had to explain to anyone, you know, why we were doing why we were studying what we were studying. And we got to study our fields through the perspective of the oppressed and like start to learn black history or the history of the African diaspora before slavery, which I didn't get to do in school. Right. But my parents made sure I did at home. I had like an extra curriculum when I got home mm. from school. I love that. So, yeah. So you're at Spelman and then do you do you come out here? And then I came out here for UCLA. Okay. After, yeah. And was that? To Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, California. Um. Uh, was that weird being in Los Angeles? A lot um, of people have a weird thing when they move here. But you were coming from Atlanta. But you, I know I you're I Northern Valley. Yeah, I mean, what I loved was that because I grew up like half my time with my mom in the Bay, and then half with my dad in Brooklyn. L.A. was like this city that I cho- chose to live in that I could like make my own, and there wasn't a parent there, and. I love that. And I also just love the quality of the work that was coming from Los Angeles. It was really great to uh, work in Atlanta and to, like, train in Atlanta. And I and I love what's going on in the industry there now. And then I also noticed that, you know, a lot of the roles that I wanted were still being cast f- through L.A. and, like, sure. New York. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really wanted to move back to California, too, mm-hmm. like, after having that experience in uh, especially at a historically black college. Now I wanted to like bring that self awareness, you know, 
into LA. And you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, and you have, like, in a multiplier effect with the role you're playing. Yeah, I really have. Like, this role is so perfect, I couldn't even yeah, it's just have made it up in my dreams. Unbelievable. And you yeah. spent time teaching at Oprah's Leadership Academy? I did, yeah. That was another, like... How the hell? <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of How my questions. How the hell did you get that gig? So... It was, so I spent my junior year abroad um, training at the British American Drama Academy in London. And I got an email from someone at Spelman, from a faculty member at Spelman, saying that they wanted to bring some Spelman students to Oprah's school over the summer. And I was just getting ready to start my summer and maybe go back to Atlanta and start my senior year of college. And they were like, before you leave London, can we send you to South Africa? Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and at first I was like, well, I should go to Atlanta and just start auditioning. I'm like, I don't know, like I'm ready. And uh, one of my mentors was like, you need to take your ass to South Africa. Oh my! And God. it was such, I mean, what an incredible opportunity. They only offered two teaching positions and um, I was offered one of them. And they were like, can you go and, and, and work in the theater department? How long were you there? I was there for two months. Amazing. Yeah, it was really incredible. It was like I lived on the campus. So I was able to be like a residential assistant to the girls, um, ages, I mean, grades 7 through 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow. so like a big age range. And it was so cool to be like their big sister. And a lot of them are going to college in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and have graduated now. So just to, like, be yeah. friends with a lot of them. And it was, like, the first group of the school. So it was great to be there at the beginning stages. And to to learn more about South African theater was really dope. And I think it was really great for the girls to have um, a younger teacher than the teachers that they had. And also there. just to go to Africa, right? Also to go to Africa. Because I like, had, like, a thing when we went to Africa. Yeah. I was, like... I'm from South America, and I yeah. thought maybe it was climate that yeah. was agreeing with me. Right. But I, I honestly felt like I was coming home. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's all these articles now and all these things they found that early humans were really out of Botswana. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. So modern man came out of Botswana. I'm like, yeah. well, no wonder you feel like you're home because that's where we came it's from. It's true. Well, and that's why I say I identify as a woman of acknowledged African descent, mm. you know, because we all are of African descent. 100%. And there will be a time when we all acknowledge it. Right now... Um, um, you know, I'm some, acknowledging it right I'm now. I'm acknowledging yeah. mine yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and that's a big part of it. We all do, and that it did feel like home. And the, even just like the singing or the the ways yes. in which people move their bodies or like click their tongues. I'm like, I do that. And I didn't even know. It's like meeting like, I was just talking to Patrice Colors, who I'm sure oh, we'll get into about this was, yesterday. Yes. Um, she was like, you know, when we go to, she was saying like when she went to Africa, it was like meeting her birth parents. You know, 100%. so feeling kind of like a stranger and getting used to like a new land, but also feeling so at home and like learning where some of her tendencies came from. And that's how I felt when I I first had gone to Senegal when I was 16. And um, I think going to South Africa was really cool because it was so different from Senegal. And just seeing the joy in the girls the and how beautiful much singing people. together. Like the yeah. beauty of the uh-huh. human interaction yeah. is stunning. Mm-hmm. Did you travel around at all? You stayed pretty much? I mostly, I stayed pretty much in Johannesburg mm-hmm. when we were there. The security was really strict, yeah. um, which was a great thing. We were yeah. really, really safe. And uh, what we did do was we, we took like a bus tour around mm-hmm. um, South Africa a bit to go on like a tour of some theater, to mm-hmm. see some theater. Mm-hmm. So And a college tour for the girls. So phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful life experience. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Mm. Ha, ha, and I met Oprah there. 
And you oh, no, oh. you didn't. <laughs> Stop it. Mom, oh. Stop. Yeah. So, okay. With so she, that, you just, <laughs> I was love Gail it. there? You don't was leave Gail with there? that. How do you not leave with I Met G- Oprah? Gail was there. Oh, Auntie Gail my. and Mom, oh. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what the girls call them. Yeah, Mom, oh, and Auntie Gail. So oh tell God. me about that then. So you're so you're there already like a month? I'm or? there already for a month. And, and they're like, they ring some bell. <laughs> and like, Mama, oh, is coming. And they're like, Mom, oh. Yeah, pretty much. Ling, they're like, ling, ling, they're ling. like so actually I had to move out of like where I was staying so that I think some of her staff could stay where I was and then they moved me to like this really nice they, really nice so they upgraded your room they upgraded me <laughs> so that her staff could be closer to like where her house is on the campus and then I ended up they were like we're gonna send you to Ducks I'm like I don't know what Ducks is but like sounds different let me tell you something the Ducks was like this beautiful house that I got to live in for a week. So you um, want to go to Ducks. Is yeah. what you want to stay in Ducks. We like, stayed at a hotel. We were like a special guest club. Yeah. There was a hotel in Joburg that oh, she remodeled yeah. when she was building the Did school. Did you just Joburg? Yeah. That's what it's called. I love Joburg. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, anyway. But yeah, so, Wait, how many girls are at the school? I don't know now. I mean... Maybe like sixteen hundred were there. Wow. Was there. Okay, I didn't think it was that big. Oh yeah, it's yeah, huge. It was, it felt pretty big. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go back yeah. to Mama Owen. Okay, so Mom O's coming to visit, and uh, and then I, I go in the. I knew she was. I knew she was there that day, and I go in the lunchroom, and she's like sitting in the lunchroom with the other teachers I usually sit with, and I was like, "Is anyone sitting here?" And she's like, "No, come on, sit down." <gasps> and then I, I was like. You know, she I she introduced herself, and I introduced myself, and she was like, Zuri, she grabs my hand. She's like, I've been hearing so much about oh, you. My God. She was, like, talking about the students who had spoken about, you know, about me and about the, the acting class, and she was just so, such a mother. And then we, like, had dinner later. She's like, tell me about everything you want to do in your life. And, you know, she was just, like, so chill and and really supportive and I was like you know I think I want to like I, I was like I think I want to go to UCLA for grad school like this was like I didn't know what and she was like yeah we gotta you know she was just asking me all the things about what I want to do and what I want to manifest and she was literally just like holding like I can I will never forget her handhold um, and Auntie Gail Auntie Gail was there too and I think I feel like there was a new a Who Run the World mm-hmm. by Beyonce had just come out mm-hmm. Girls Run the World and there was like I think we like played it in the assembly room, and I think Mandela's birthday was around the time oh I was there in oh July. God. So we were singing, and it was just we were just having lots of like wow. celebrations wow. with all these. Oh, and Oprah and I did a sex talk with the seventh graders, wow. and that was great too. And it was like <laughs> that's a, a whole a show in itself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So on this moment of insane <laughs> FOMO, we're gonna take a break. FOMO. <laughs> Fear of missing out. Yeah, I got it. You're not cool at all. Dude, cool. I'm 110. Okay, you let it go. You need to catch up on the kid hashtags, babe. <laughs> come on. For the next segment. Can Let's... we just go to a break? And when we come back, we are going to talk to Zuri about Black Lives Matter and how that has informed her character and how her character has kind of informed her political views. Now, okay, we're going to get into Patrice Cullors, who yeah. is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. And how did that come about? She is she is uh, consulting yeah. on 
Okay, so I need to know. Okay, that I'm gonna tell you all the tea. I'm gonna tell you all the tea. So pretty much like my character Malika is very much inspired by the work of Patrice Colors. Okay. So Joanna Johnson was reading uh, Patrice's book when they call you a terrorist, and she was learning a lot about the work of Black Lives Matter and. I believe that she started to write Malika's story inspired by, okay. you know, the work that Patrice had been doing. Not, you know, not verbatim, not exa- yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, not yeah. verbatim, but like very much inspired by like the work of a young activist. And so then Patrice came on to consult um, specifically in my storyline, and then into the storylines of the other characters later on. And then she was hired full-time as a writer, um, as a staff writer for season two. Beautiful. Yeah. And and not only that, she's made several cameos now on the show. Mm-hmm. So Patrice is out here doing it. She's acting. She, she was consulting. She's acting. She's writing. You know, she's she's doing a lot. For those that don't watch the show, please change that and start watching it. But you play... We've never seen a character like this on television. Yeah. Uh, a black activist. Yeah. With Black Lives Matter and yeah. and all these sort of incredibly topical race issues coming mm-hmm. up and, and being discussed, has playing her changed your politics in any way? Ha- has it opened you up, made you more outspoken? What's what's happened in your own personal life from playing this part politically and activist wise? Right, I'm still figuring that out. You know, my activism has really looked like being behind the scenes, um, fundraising, starting initiatives, continuing it continuing initiatives and um Malika my character is more on the front lines in the protests you know and so now I'm I think my activism has not shifted but expanded to like being more in like the social parts of the activism Mm. and also learning that like my work as an activist is just as valid because I'm learning what goes on behind the scenes of activism, you know, and kind of like the grunt work of just like stuffing envelopes or being there on call. Like as I watch Patrice being on set, she's always on call, like with family. She's got her own family, first of all, but then also other families who are grieving, whose, who's, you know, family members have been murdered. And then, you know, she, she or somebody else may have gotten arrested for like protesting outside of somewhere, just like all these things at once while she's living her life um, and taking care of her family. And just seeing all of, all of that, like, Outside of the protests and the speeches right. and the panels, there's like the day to day of like, hey, um, you know, this person in your family is formally incarcerated. Ugh. You might go to jail or you could decide to take this to court. Like she's like having she's like consulting people mm. and also having so much joy in her, like choosing to experience so much joy at the same time. She's full of laughter. She is. I her met, fellow, we met her at yeah, your party. Yeah, exactly. Like her co-founders and her, they're still talking about everyday, you know, everyday life and still laughing together while also being on the front lines of some really heavy stuff. So just knowing that like my activism can look, you know, it can look serious and strong and it can also be a way to come together, you know, as family and it can... um it can look really inclusive and integrated and and have people who look who are walking all different walks and like look so different come together for a cause. Do right. you think that the the playing Malika has did it make you more 
of an activist? Definitely. Absolutely. Is there um, is there kind of an emotional toll that goes along with that? Because this Absolutely. is not the sidekick who, yeah. you know, wants to go shopping yeah. every week. This is some serious no, shit. No, Malika's going through yeah. some heavy stuff. And, like, I would say that... I would say that my first two hiatuses, I was feeling just, like, so ready to, like, hibernate. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to crawl under a blanket on my couch and, like, just sleep. And because there was so much emotion, I think my body was feeling it, you know, just feeling heavy. And when I'm on set, I don't quite feel it as much as when I leave. And I'm like, whoa, that Mm. was a lot, you know. Didn't realize I'm, I'm spending so much time, like, just feeling the energy of, you know, murder or, you know, just grief, sadness, um, anxiety, all the things that that Malika carries. And now I feel like I'm finding my balance more. Where like I don't always take on the the heaviness that Malika's taking on. Um, just finding that that self care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but it took a little while. What's the response been to uh to you? Being LGBT, right? Yeah. Uh, from the black community, what, yeah. what, and, and, and being famous, like being, you know, representing, right? Yeah. Do you get uh, support? Has there been criticism? Like, yeah, I mostly get support. I um, mostly get a lot of support, which is amazing. I think that as, and that support mostly happened when I, when I just started to just shine my light unapologetically. Mm. Um, I had a lot of fear around it when I was living in Georgia, you know, just um, there were a lot of closeted people um, at my school, at my at Spelman and at Morehouse. And um, there were a lot of conversations that were just really homophobic. And, but like in the theater, in the, you know, theater community, we were all out and proud. So, uh and I, and that's shifting now, which is great. And so I I think when I moved to LA, like I still carried some of that fear with me and then let go of it. And once I did that and I was like, this is who I am, you know, unapologetically, especially like when especially as a bi person, because if I date a man, I present as straight, or then if I date a woman, I present as gay. So mm-hmm. um when I like was dating a woman, then people started to uh, understand that I was part of the LGBT community mm-hmm. in a way that they didn't when I was dating men. So, and, and the show is trying to really shine a light. I mean, Malika's not bi, but but there there are bi characters. Yeah, right? there are. Yeah, and there is like even in the gay community, a, a, there always has been a, mm-hmm. a sense of like. Bi is just someone who hasn't yeah, decided. Yeah, not yet. being taken seriously. <laughs> or like yeah. roll the eyes. Like, yeah, when, yeah. When are you going to really come out? Yeah, exactly. But as you know, we learn. You know, yeah. people can be everything on the spectrum. Yeah, which I love that we're normalizing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not and not in a way that's fetishizing it. I think exactly. We've seen yeah. so many bisexual characters um, on TV in a way that's you know just really fetishizing the experience perhaps for a threesome mm-hmm. and now this is like we're seeing a really well-rounded bisexual character mm. now did you grow up in a political family were, were your parents cuz you very uh, academic right your yes. mom and dad yes yeah. yes yeah my parents are very academic they're very passionate about black liberation mm. and uh and equality for all so i mean yes political but not in a way that felt like i don't know like separating because of opinions mm-hmm. but uh, in a way that was about coming together and being inclusive um let me ask you a question 
when we get down to the candidate, mm -hmm. are you going to be very vocal about getting people out to vote? I will be vocal about getting people out to vote. That's enough? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is enough. I won't be vocal about who to vote for. I mean... I mean, I, won't, I, I mean, once we see, have a see. candidate against Trump, yeah, let's see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, let's see, let's see. I will be vocal about getting people out to yeah, vote. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up with a, a little game we like to oh, play. That's what that little leprechaun hat is for. Oh, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about things that are coming up for you. So uh, oh, please stay tuned for more Malika. No way. <laughs> I love Malika. She's, I, love I do Malika. too, but what, she's sorry right now. It's not Malika. I mean, Malika's in me. Of course. Oh. She's with us. Oh, we'll be back. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to play our game, Lil Did You Know, uh, with Zuri. We're back with yes. Zuri Adele. Can you just stay here for every yeah. interview? Yes, I would love to. You've got you've got good stories. I've got no Oprah stories. I none. know, none. Kyle has one, but we can't talk about Ooh. it. <laughs> Do you really? He stepped on Oprah's train at an Oscar party. She was not happy. Anyway. <laughs> Hilarious. I know. Okay, so we have this little game. Yes, let's play. Called Little Did You Know. Oh. Don't and be nervous. It's, it's like Never Have I Ever? Yeah, well, a little. It's yeah. kind of. So you're going to pull a little thing out of a hat. It'll okay. be a question. You'll read it. And then you'll answer as honestly as you can. And then okay. we'll just sort of chit-chat about it and then let you go to work. Because I know you've got a table Ooh. read today. So. I do. Okay. For a good one. Uh-oh. Ooh. <laughs> Should I say with a question? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Have you ever lied at a job interview or on your resume? Mm. Actually, no, I haven't. Oh, God. God, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can think of. No. I did a terrible lie. I. It wasn't really a lie. The woman was dead, so she couldn't. She couldn't <laughs> she, I got accepted into Geraldine Page's acting class. I had one class and then she died. <laughs> so I put her as my teacher. <laughs> Is that bad? No. Okay. It's not there anymore, but there you go. Not this one. I think you should pull another one because you, you're too you're too I mean, clean for this juicy? shit. Yeah. This is meant to be racy. Sorry. <laughs> I really, I don't know. You have nothing there. One more. Jesus. The hat game. I want, I want to give you something good. Ooh, what was the weirdest date you've ever had? Okay. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Found one you See, like. that's the, those are the ones you want. I okay. mean, yeah, this date was really annoying. So uh, at a place I used to live, one of my neighbors like asked me out on a date. And so we went out to dinner. But then I was like all dressed up. Like I came downstairs to like where the like lobby would be. And um, he was like, oh, you're like, you're like really dressed up. I was like, yeah, and, like we're going to dinner. And he was not really like dressed. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, do you want to drive? And I was like, aren't you taking me out? It was just weird. It was strange because he invited me. And then um, when we got to the, to the restaurant, um, I hate ketchup. I hate the smell of it. I hate ketchup too. I can't stand it. It makes me want to barf. This man. What the fuck is wrong with you people? It stinks. But I you know had, what it I is? Had, I, don't I had a bad experience. Me too. <laughs> I, ha I worked at McDonald's and I had a ketchup incident where I was covered in ketchup. <laughs> I you kid you not. The smell. Why was your bad ketchup? Mine is um, there was a, I like growing up when I was about six, like we had next door neighbors who would swap. Like they had kids. My mom had me. So we 
like my mom was working late one night and I was having dinner with them. And their son had this tradition of having spaghetti with ketchup. Oh, God. Like, oh, God. And he would just like, like instead oh. of spaghetti sauce, ketchup oh. on the spaghetti. And he would eat it just slurping. That is vile. And yeah. I would sit next to him. So I cannot stand oh. the smell mm. of ketchup because mm-hmm. like he would squirt like half a mm. bottle of ketchup on his spaghetti every oh, night. Okay, God. you can't stand the smell. Do you? What's the taste? Can you, can you at least? I don't even. The taste okay. isn't bad. The taste really isn't bad. It's I, the I smell. actually kind of like it, but Ugh. I just can't even be around it. I, okay, I, I am. I'm, so I'm there with I, you. I, and date, I need to find out what your incident was. But we're going back to the date. So the date, he just starts putting so much ketchup on his oh, fries, wow. and I was already annoyed with him. Yeah. And all I couldn't hear a word he was saying because he was just eating so much ketchup oh. with his hands his fingers had ketchup all over oh. cut to when the bill came please tell me he paid listen no he did not no, no. he asked me if no. he was like I'll put 25 and you put the rest oh my god no and I went home he had the nerve to ask me to come over uh uh-uh. uh with the ketchup hands uh-uh. and mouth ew Go yes. kiss your mother. You no, know, my that answer mouth. was no. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been. You don't <laughs> still live there, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. Thank God. Thank God. So you never should date anyone in your building. Yeah, not ever. It was a weak time for me. <laughs> I was trying to move on from somebody else to make someone jealous. What about your scholarship? Oh <laughs> yes, talk about that oh, quickly. Oh yes. Okay, I started a scholarship a few years ago called the Zuri Adele Fellowship for HBCU alumni mm. at UCLA. And that initiative is to support and bring on more graduates of historically black colleges to pursue their MFAs in film, theater, or television at UCLA, and hopefully to other universities as well. UCLA is where I went for grad school, so that was where I had like a pipeline to get it started. And basically, it's just friends and family. We just we just put in a fund, and we're able to give a scholar like you know, an amount for books or to help for, you know, to pay for part of their tuition. And mm-hmm. yeah. It's so great. we'll, and we'll put a link to that yeah. so that people can do that because that's fabulous. Yeah, it started a great network. We have four scholars now. So we've been able to have like dinners and lunches and just check in on how it's going in the program. And then once they've graduated, like how it's going in, you know, Perfect. the working world and sort of a way to be a mentor. Absolutely. Yeah. You're the amazing. best. You are the best. Well, I mean, it takes a village. I This is something I started with a lot of people. And, right. And I'm so honored to keep it going. Congratulations. Thank you. Everything. Super Thank excited you. to see what comes Come back next. and see us, please. I promise I will. We okay. have mimosas. Yes, we yeah. will have more mimosas. Great. We love you. I love you. Okay, we're back. And just to say... What a great time we had. We did have a good I'm so time. glad we had the time together. Just to have a laugh. Or sing a song. Don't do it. Don't. Uh, Zuri is impressive. Uh, young actress slash uh, activist. And it was so fun, so much fun to hear her point of view on life and things. Don't you think? And it's also great to hear somebody of that age. Yes. Who's just, yeah. Grounded. And has it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I did at that age. So, Honey, you don't now. So, oh, good point. Yeah, um, we are excited to uh, s- not see you, but have you hear us uh, on the podcast. And starting uh, next week, we're gonna roll out more guests, and we're excited about that too. Don't tell them who it is. No, no. You know, because Fran- you know what? Yeah, there should always be an element of surprise in life. Yes, I agree. I agree too. So we have a great new guest next week, and of course the Iowa caucus is happening. So that's going to be super interesting. Not the Hollywood caucus, but the no, Iowa we don't caucus. we don't caucus to actually vote. We just 
caucus to bitch. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Thank you. And um, while you're at it, while you're listening, you can always go back and listen to our first podcast with the lovely Jerry Ryan. Um, but either way, please do us a favor. Rate, review, and, and subscribe. subscribe. You almost forgot it. <laughs> no, I was going to say rate, review, and respond. Honey, I need to get you more coffee this Seriously, morning. Well, or a cocktail. A cocktail would be good, too. It has to be tequila because that's an upper. Just saying. That's all I like to drink anyway. Okay, well, that makes sense. No, that's not true. I'll have a vodka beverage. Okay. A vodka-based beverage. Okay. Well, look at you waking up suddenly in the thought of alcohol. Seriously. <laughs> um, no, rate, review, and subscribe. And we can't wait to come back and hang out with you next week. Yes. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Do Hollywood that. Caucus. That's us. Please don't sing like that ever again. Shut up. All right. Have a good week. Um, bye.